Hello and welcome back to another edition of Viper Bites. And this time we are doing a little bit of starts and sits heading into week number 11. But first, a little bit of housekeeping. If you're listening to this or watching this on the Vipers Network on YouTube, take a second, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button on the video. Let's kind of crank up that SEO and get that algorithm flowing here on YouTube. And let's keep our march to 500 subscribers going here. And if you're listening to us on the podcasting platforms, whether it be Apple or Spotify, Anchor, whatever that may be, take a second, rate and review the show, drop them five stars, greatly appreciated all the support that we get each and every week. And of course, if you've got questions, I've got answers, drop them in the comments section below here on the YouTube channel, or hit me up on Twitter, at MattDonnellyFF, and I will get you those questions answered as soon as possible. Now, we are going to head into week 11. we got two teams on by this week. We've got the Los Angeles Rams and the Denver Broncos. So out of your lineups, Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, Daryl Henderson, Tyler Higby, if you're leaning that way, uh, Teddy Bridgewater's uh, two QB-type leagues, Cortland Sutton, probably shouldn't be in your lineup anyway right now, Jerry Judy, Javante Williams, Noah Fat. These are all guys we will not have access to this week. The guys we do have access to, and maybe that bi-week filler for Matt Stafford is Cam Newton versus Washington. First week as a starter, fire him up. Now, he hasn't officially beat out P.J. Walker yet for the starting role in Carolina, but it's just a matter of time. It's going down. It's going to happen. He literally outscored Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers last week on eight snaps. Okay, okay. All kidding aside, which, by the way, that is a fact. I did check that. Now, all kidding aside, Washington is allowing 42.17 fantasy points per game to the opposing quarterbacks on the season, and they had just lost their defensive leader, Chase Young, who tore his ACL on Sunday. He is out for the season. That means less pressure coming at Cam Newton. Cam Newton's going to be able to sit back there, kind of pump, pump, stop, pause, rip the shirt open, and then get ready to go. Now, we talk about this. Just imagine, just imagine for a second, Superman Having Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Chuba Hubbard, Joe Brady. It's basically a casting call for the next Justice League movie right here in Carolina. Now, another quarterback that you can look at popping in there for Matt Stafford is Ryan Tannehill versus the Houston Texans. The quarterback 11 on the season. That's right. Ryan Tannehill, a slow starter, strong finisher. He is sitting at QB 11 right now, and now he gets the ninth most generous defense to opposing quarterbacks in the Houston Texans. Houston has allowed 2,374 passing yards on the season and 20 touchdowns, four of which have come on the ground. And we all know that Ryan Tannehill is not afraid to tuck it and go, especially near the goal line, and especially since Derrick Henry has been injured. Look for Tannehill to keep that tread going forward here. Now, another quarterback we're going to head down to is Mac Jones versus the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons got plucked by the Cowboys last week, and it seems as though it's a start whoever you have against the Falcons defense, and that means Mac Jones and a few of his friends, which we will get to a little bit later. Now, Mac Jones, he is finding his groove in these fantasy streets. He has been the QB 10 since week seven in scoring. He went over 60 points in that time. There's nothing flashy about what he's doing. He's just staying consistent and making the most of these opportunities presented to him. And we know Atlanta, they're going to allow you to present a little bit more this week. So fire up, Mac Jones. Now, two quarterbacks I am not touching this week. One included in that New England-Atlanta game is Matt Ryan. Last week, all they could do is score 
three points against a Dallas defense that has been giving up points. And now on top of that, we know Kelvin Ridley, he's missing in action. And there is a strong possibility that the Falcons will be without Cordero Patterson because of that ankle injury that he suffered. Now, what does this all mean? That means Bill Belichick is going to be able to focus his entire defensive game plan around one Kyle Pitts this week. I see this one playing out very similar to last week. Ryan with no options. Yeah, he's got Kyle Pitts, but we can just assume that he's going to be taken away from him this game. I would expect about 200 yards passing against this Patriots defense. That is third in points allowed to the quarterback position, 22.73. So it's going to be tough sliding even to begin with, and that's what they've done over the last four weeks. They've been the fourth best defense when it comes to fantasy points at the quarterback position. Now, another quarterback I'm fading this week is Kirk Cousins against the Green Bay Packers. I don't like this one. I don't like how it feels. It makes my tummy hurt, okay? Now, on one hand, Kirk Cousins, he has been a top 10 fantasy option at the quarterback position all season long, except for primetime games, but we've already touched on that in previous episodes. Now, on the other hand, Green Bay has allowed the seventh fewest fantasy points per game to the quarterbacks this season and have only allowed 2,210 passing yards, which is the eighth fewest in the league. And they still haven't had their bye week. So they've been doing this all season long and being effective. Sorry, Kirk, you're going to have to sit the bench. Now, some running backs I'm looking at here this week. Now, we all know that we're firing up Jonathan Taylor. We all know we're firing up Najee Harris, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, Zeke Elliott, uh, Nick Chubb, if he's healthy, Austin Eckler. These are everyday starts. And on a side note here, not recommending a start here this week, but it appears that Clyde Edwards Slayer will be returning as well. Now, guys, I am trusting to start in my lineup this week. Let's start with Green Bay Packers, big man himself, A.J. Dillon versus Minnesota. Minnesota is allowing the 11th most fantasy points per game to the running back position, and there is no one, and I mean no one in this Packers backfield that is going to be a threat to Dillon's touches, with the exception of maybe Aaron Rodgers if he decides to sling the ball around the field. And even then, even then, let's give Dylan a little bit of love in the passing game. He's not knowing as a pass catching back, but he has nearly 200 receiving yards on the season. He has a receiving touchdown, and I would expect the Packers to look to wear down the Vikings with a little bit of quad father here, a little quadzilla there, and A.J. Dillon leading the way. Yes, it's a three-in-one kind of deal when we're talking about A.J. Dillon and those guys. Now, another running back to fire up in your lineup. Man, this has got me kind of twisting and turning in the wind how I want to feel this, but I, I really feel a gut call here on Miles Gaskin versus the New York Jets. The carries, they've been there. The production, however, has not. Okay? We know he's the primary back. We're seeing him get that workhorse type here. 34 carries, eight targets in the last two games. And the Jets just happen to be the worst when it comes to defending opposing backs. I mean, think of something so bad and then adding Odell Beckham Jr. to it. That's how bad the Jets have been to opposing running backs, okay? Now, the Jets are allowing nine more. Let me repeat that. Nine more fantasy points per game than any other team. They are averaging 39.14 fantasy points per game against, and 65% of the touchdowns in which the Jets have surrendered have come to running backs of the opposition. They have allowed 17 touchdowns touchdowns on the ground and three more in the passing game that gives the next closest team to them is the Detroit Lions who trail by four touchdowns in that category now you look at the rushing yards allowed and the receiving yards allowed separate those two categories the Jets are still third in allowing yardage in both those categories 
you know, fire up Miles Gaskin. I think you'll be comfortable with that. Now, I'm going to go with a running back duo here for my next start. Damian Harris, if healthy, watch that injury report. And Ramondra Stevenson. Obviously, Stevenson shoots up to RB1 type status if Harris is out. But I really do believe they both carry RB2 value each and every week going forward here, especially in a game against the Atlanta Falcons. Now, Atlanta, this is going to be a game script type thing. I feel that, you know, uh, Patriots are going to get up early. Here comes the run game. You know what? You might even be able to throw in J.J. Taylor as a super sleepy kind of guy in here or Brandon Bolden. That's another option there. Now, Atlanta, they have allowed 11 touchdowns this season to running backs and are 30th in the league at stopping running backs on producing on a weekly basis. Harris, he's done enough to keep his job and keep his role going forward. But Stevenson, he has performed well enough over the last few weeks to get a little bit more run in this one. Now, not a start, not a sit, but I'm really looking forward to seeing what Jonathan Taylor and the Colts offensive line can do against the Buffalo Bills' number one ranked fantasy defense versus running backs. That's kind of my matchup inside the matchup. That is something I am watching this week. Now, two guys, one for sure that I'm not watching is Zach Moss versus Indianapolis. I just told you that the Bills have the number one rushing defense. Well, the Colts have the number two defense against the run as far as fantasy is concerned. Now, I've learned two things growing up. You don't go chasing waterfalls and you don't go chasing fantasy points. Both engaging in the pursuit of self-destructive ambitions. Yeah, I Googled that, I, whatever you look at. That's basically the definition of chasing waterfalls. Now, Moss scored last week. But he only had 27 yards on the day. Just, just don't. Save yourself the trouble. Now, the other running back here that I'm kind of avoiding is Elijah Mitchell versus Jacksonville. Chances of him me benching him are actually pretty low. That said, Mitchell just had surgery on his fractured finger, so his status is very much in the air this week. And honestly, there's a good chance the 49ers don't even need him in this one as they head to Duval County. Now, wide receivers, we know, we know Cooper Cup. He's on by. He would be starting no matter what. Devontae Adams. You start him. Tyreek Hill, you start him. That's just how it goes. There's a few other wide receivers that you're going to fire up there. Stefan Diggs comes to mind. These are guys you want to get in your lineup no matter what, and you kind of live and die by that. Now, three guys, I'm going to throw you out here. Well, actually, kind of four because we're going to do another duo here. Uh, starting off with Rashad Bateman versus Chicago. Okay, I am going to keep yelling this until you all hear me. Okay. Bateman is coming. Nearly 20% of the time, Bateman is being targeted when running routes by Lamar Jackson. He's a rookie with four games under his belt. So listen to this again. In four games, in four games into his career, every time, every 20% of the time that he's running a pattern, he is getting a pass thrown at him. Now, since being inserted into the lineup, lineup there, the Bateman is second on the team in receiving yards with 241 and has seen six or more targets in every game with a personal best eight last week to go along with a team-high 80 yards. Did I mention the Bears are allowing the fifth most fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers at a 39.76 clip? And they've allowed 17 different wide receivers to score double-digit fantasy points. The Bateman is going to rise again this week. Now, going back to those, that dynamic duo there, we talked about the Patriots' dynamic duo in the backfield. They've got a dynamic duo to go here again. In the passing game with Kendrick Bourne and my man, Jacoby Myers. Yes, we are picking on the Falcons this week. Listen, to stop the pass, you have to be good in coverage or good at pressure, or at least one of them. And guess what? Atlanta is not good at either one. They can't pressure and they can't cover. That is not a good combination when going against a passing offense. 
Now, they rank pretty much near the bottom in both those categories. And Jacoby Myers, he's got that taste now for the end zone. The only thing stopping this duel this week is a potential negative game script that could turn run heavy real quick. Now, another wide receiver I am firing up this week, Brandon Cooks versus the Tennessee Titans. Houston, the Titans have a problem covering wide receivers. Tennessee is allowing a league-high 46.08 fantasy points per game this year. In the last game that Tyrod Taylor and Brandon Cooks hooked up and played together right before the bye, Taylor targeted Cooks 13 times. Now, that outing obviously didn't go as well as planned in Taylor's comeback, but given the extra time, the bye week there, to get on the same page, you can expect Cooks to basically live in this Titan secondary this week. Besides, you know Houston is going to need to be throwing in this one. So here's a couple wide receivers I don't quite feel it this week. Jarvis Landry versus the Detroit Lions. Yes, you can say start whoever you got against the Lions defense. Not so fast, my friend. Thank you, Lee Corso. I'm going to steal that each and every time. Detroit usually finds themselves trailing, thus receiving and scoring. It's not quite adding up for the opposition. They, Detroit is giving up the 13th fewest points to wide receivers this year. And basically... Jarvis Landry has been wearing an invisible cloak all season, failing to record double-digit fantasy points in every game since week one. His quarterbacks are now either an injured Baker Mayfield or Case Keenum. Need I really say more right now? I don't think so. Now, this one hurts because I'm all in on Michael Pittman, but I also know better than to start wide receivers against the Bills defense. That's my number one rule. That's one of my top rules when it comes to fantasy. You don't start wide receivers against the Buffalo Bills. I don't, and neither should you. Now, the Bills are only allowing 26.8 fantasy points per game to receivers, which happens to be the best mark in the league. On top of that, they are allowing the fewest passing yards at 1,122 to wide receivers, and they've surrendered only three touchdowns to wideouts this year, also tops in the league. Sorry, Pittman, you're going to have to sit the bench. I'm playing the law of averages here. Now, the tight end position, Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, Mark Andrews, George Kittle, Gronk, if he's back, you're playing them all. Kyle Pitts, a little more on him in a second now. Now, Hunter Henry versus Atlanta, there's that, there's that theory again. You're starting everyone against the Falcons. That's how I'm feeling right now. Now, Hunter Henry against Atlanta. While Atlanta has been okay versus tight ends this season, ranking about 15th in the league, allowing 12.8 or 12.18 fantasy points to the position. Henry comes into this one finishing as a top 12 tight end in six of the last seven contests, and he has scored seven times over that same period. He is now the tight end four on the season, and he only trails the aforementioned Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, and Mike Gusecki. Yeah, Gusecki last week. We won't go there either. While he's averaging... 10.8 fantasy points per game on the season at the tight end position. Fire him up each and every week. Another tight end that's kind of been up and down, up and down. He's paid off for you most weeks is CJ Uzama versus Vegas. We know Vegas isn't good at defending tight ends. It's been that way for years, a lot of years. Now, Travis Kelsey did a number on him last week, and I'd expect Uzama to continue that success against him this week. The Raiders have allowed 655 yards and six touchdowns to the position. They last time I did this kind of thing, it's not that big of a difference between tight end receptions and wide receiver receptions. They've been good against receivers, not so much against the tight end position. In fact, the only team that's been worse really has been the Eagles this season against tight ends. Now, 
Joe Burrow, this is the one matchup you're almost guaranteed to be able to exploit against the Raiders. Yeah, okay, maybe you can take a couple shots there at Jamar Chase. And even though Tyreek Hill had two touchdowns last week, he was still held under 100 yards. Just some food for thought there. Now, Pat Fryermuth versus the Los Angeles Chargers. I wanted to put Cole Komet in here. I think you still fire up Cole Komet against the excellent matchup there against the Ravens. But Fryermuth has been performing well, and he draws the Chargers this week, whom have allowed six touchdowns themselves, 583 yards, and the number five ranking in fantasy points per game allowed, surrounding 16.56 per contest. Since week six, Fryermuth is a tight end six, and a top tight end in fantasy since week eight. Week eight, week nine, week 10, Fairmouth number one. Now, we're going to head to who not to be touching this week at the tight end position, and that is Evan Ingram versus Tampa Bay. You're starting to trust again, aren't you? Don't! It's a trap! We have seen this movie before, and like Pete Townsend most famous, famously put it, we don't get fooled again. Back-to-back weeks with scores for the Giants. But the reinforcements are coming. Saquon Barkley looks like he's going to be ready. Uh, Sterling Shepard looks like he's uh, ready to return for a good solid three-quarters of a game. Uh, add in the return of Kennedy Galladay prior to the bye week. Kadarius Tony and Evan Ingram's targets and opportunities are far and few between going forward. Now, this one really hurts right now because I want to believe in him. Kyle Pitts versus New England. I know you won't do it. You have to be a little crazy to do it. But I've been known to be a little local from time to time. This is not me hating on Pitts. In fact, I'm looking at the facts here for the first time. You know me, I don't fact check a whole lot. But Bill Belichick takes away the best weapons on another team. That's just what he's done. That's has been his MO since the very beginning. And now if Cardell Patterson does in fact miss time, that's only one option that he really needs to take away. He's probably focusing on that to begin with. But now he doesn't even have to worry about Cordell Patterson. And New England is allowing the second fewest points per game to tight ends and have only yielded 295 yards to the position. I'm hoping I'm wrong here, but advantage Bill Belichick in this one. With that all said, that's it. That's all. That's the starts and sits for week number 11. Make sure you take a chance. Head over to fantasypoints.com. Enter promo code 21VIPERS10. Get 10% off your subscription. And if you act now, Fantasy Points, hey, they've cut some of that price down right now. So you get even cheaper, a better deal. One of the best pound-for-pound sites out there. Get on it right now. And you know what? Tune in a little bit later. we got the ViperCast coming Tuesday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern. You're going to want to check that out each and every week. Again, see you then.